Podcasting 101 with me, your host, Rachel. This podcast is for female business owners and solopreneurs that are looking to start a podcast to add to your own already awesome offering. I'll give you helpful advice that you can take away and use in your podcasting journey. I hope to answer those tricky questions that just keep you from starting. Once a month, I'll be joined by other female podcasters. They'll share their journey with you and offer tips and advice they discovered along the way. Let's get started. And welcome to this week's episode. Um, today, I am joined with Janet Murray, and she is a content and online business strategist specializing in launch and content strategy. Her current podcast is called The Courageous Content Podcast. Welcome, Janet. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's lovely to have you here and with somebody with a lot of experience in podcasting, as we were just talking before we hit record. Why don't you let us know a little bit about what you do and um, why you wanted to start a podcast for your business? So I have to reach back quite far now because I think I started my first podcast, I think it was back in... Is it 2017? I can't even remember now, but I'm on my second podcast, my second public podcast, and I have about 10, including private ones now, which we might get onto later. So what I do now is quite rightly, um, as you said, I call myself an online uh, content and online business strategist. So I help small business owners to, to create content that basically helps them to make more money and in their business or to make enough money often that can be the case um, and obviously content social media content podcast content email marketing blog content the quality of that is 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 key I also help people with um, launch strategy which can sound like quite a big scary word when you first start out but I often say to people if, if you've ever sold anything to, to anybody, you, you've had a launch and, you, you know, even if you're selling one to one or you're working as a, a VA and you're taking on your first client and you've, you're offering some kind of service, that's a launch. And so I, I try and encourage people to think about launching, launching a podcast, for example, everything has to be launched from, you know, that very first service up to the kind of things that I do now. I do these big complex funnels with upsells and downsells and cross-sells which I would never would have imagined when I first started so I started a podcast because for two reasons so like most things in my business I kind of just fell into doing it and thought it would be a good idea so I thought I'd have a go so I I was a journalist beforehand and I was kind of building up this online business on the side didn't really know that was what I was building but basically I was I started off um I was teaching people about press and PR to start off with actually and pitching to the press because that was my background and I've gradually pivoted but I started blogging about that topic and kind of thought oh how do I get more people to find out about this blog or uh, maybe um I will start building an email list and maybe I'll do more social media and I just gradually started lots of things started to click into place And I loved listening to podcasts. I listened to a lot of business podcasts at the time that I found really helpful. And I thought, I fancy having a go at that. And I think I could do it. Like at the time, I used to listen to um, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. And I had various people that I was was 
really addicted to their podcasts. I used to go out running and listen to different podcasts for hours and ends. I thought, I fancy having a go at that. It seems like a really good way to reach people. And what appealed to me was that podcasts, so the apps that I listen to podcasts on, they're like little search engines themselves. So when I'm interested in a topic, I'll be on the app seeing who's got a podcast on that topic or who has created content on that topic. So for me, it felt like a really great way for people to, to find you, but also beyond actually searching within podcast apps, looking for things to listen to, there's the whole SEO side of it. So people will find you when they're searching on Google for particular topics. And I've had some podcasts that have been first in Google for particular search terms, which is, is really helpful. Not for the ones I would have most wanted, but uh, but usually for ones that actually, uh, I don't do that anymore. I don't offer that anymore. But it just shows the power of showing up and creating regular content. And the other side of it, I'm not sure I would have even been able to explain this at the time but it just felt like a the, the podcasters that I listened to I felt like I knew them and I felt like I I liked them and I look forward to their latest episode coming out and it was useful and I liked the fact that they were introducing me to other people that might be useful to me and I kind of felt like being a voice in someone's ear that kind of intimacy that connection seemed to me and even though I'm a writer by trade it just seemed like there was something really powerful about that so I just kind of thought that seems fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I, I think that could be quite useful I think I'll have a go at that I think that's a really good attitude though because I think we, I've talked about this with several other people that those the barrier to starting sometimes of perfectionism or thinking that you're not going to be any good at it and I think that giving it a go is is really important a lot of advice of as some of the podcast hosts I've interviewed as being just to try it and yeah. um, I, I agree as well about the intimacy uh, of podcasts as well you feel like you get to know them and that's really really powerful like you say that's um, a great thing to be able to do with your podcast and one of the advantages I think of having a podcast for your business yeah um, definitely so you decided to do your podcast. What kind of planning was involved in um, and has that evolved over the years? Like you say, you've had a couple of different podcasts and private ones. What kind of planning did you do? Well, I think what was useful for me, because I was a journalist before, uh, I did think that gave me an advantage because I sort of had this understanding of you don't create content for yourself. You create content for your audience. And again, without probably writing it down or, or even knowing I was doing it, I was thinking, well, who are the people that I need to listen to this podcast for it to pay for itself and work for my business and attract the kind of people that I would love to work with? Who are those people? What kind of content do they need from me? And it really came from just thinking about what are the questions I get asked all the time. So when my podcast first started, I was specialising in helping people with press and PR and i I hardly do any of that anymore <laughs> at all. I just don't do it because my business has really changed. But I thought about the questions that people ask me. So how do I write a press release? How do I pitch to a journalist? How do I find out who which editor to pitch to? So I started off just thinking about those questions. And then as I started to move more into online marketing, which is the best email marketing platform, um, what should I post on Instagram stories or and, and and just the things that people were talking to me and asking me that I knew more about and, and had you know authority and it not not even authority but experience at the time I just 
and again, I probably didn't even consciously know I was doing it. I was just like, I just want to be helpful. So I answered people's questions in the solo episodes, but in the interview episodes, I thought about who would my ideal listeners, who would they really want to hear from? Who would they find really useful? How can I help them build a community and, and also just to build that kind of network of experts that you I thought about some of the podcasts that I listened to and how many other podcasters that they'd introduced me to were useful people that had really, really helped me. And I thought about how can I do that for my audience? Like how can I just, just basically be a helpful resource? Yeah. When I wanted to start this podcast, that's what I was thinking about is trying to think about what your audience wants to hear and that's a really important thing when you're thinking about the content or coming up with the content um for your podcast is to think about what your audience would like to hear yeah I think there's a danger of navel gazing when you create content that you want to listen to and 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 that's okay if it's a hobby podcast but if it's a podcast where you you're being strategic about it and even if you wouldn't use that word if you're mm. if you're starting a podcast because you want it to generate customers or clients you you are being strategic so if you say I'm going to create this podcast to help me attract clients and then it's all about just stuff that you're interested in or you're talking about yourself all the time then you might enjoy that and that might be great but you're probably not going to get the results that you that you hope for yeah absolutely that's that's right um you weren't consciously thinking about your target audience, but who would you say is your target audience for your for your podcast right now? So entrepreneurs, uh, or they may not even call themselves entrepreneurs, business owners. So it is mainly women uh, and not by choice, really. It's just kind of how it's worked out. So women who are running businesses, typically they tend to be in their 30s, 40s, 50s. They've got children usually they're often juggling their business alongside uh, raising a family or or they've got caring commitments but I think it needs to go beyond that I'm not a big fan of those kind of avatars like Mm. for me it's about what's what's the sort of emotion that brings them together or what's the feeling so that's where I ended up later on with courageous content I think though again it took me years to kind of get there but what unites a lot of my listeners I think is needing a bit of help in that area so wanting to put content out in the world but feeling you know is is what I've got to say important enough or am I good enough or does my voice sound funny or do I look silly on camera and so something that's always at the heart of what I create and interestingly it's not something I particularly struggle with but I do understand that in other people and so something that I've always I always just, just try and break things down, make them simple and and give give people the structures that they need to take action. Because I think how many people think about starting a podcast for years or talk about it or how many clients do I come across who have written an outline for a podcast or they've written a concept for an online course or whatever it might be. And they're too scared to take that step forward. So when I think about my ideal listeners that's the thing I think that brings them together. It's it's not like a kind of they're this age, they drive this car, but it's more about they they often have really great skills and they have a lot to offer, but 
for whatever reason they feel a little bit nervous about about putting their voice out in the world and will often hold back from doing so 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 when I'm thinking about the kind of content I create I'm always trying to think about how can I make this really easy what structures can I provide to to almost give them a push off the side without without saying like oh just get on with it like (laughs) it's sort of acknowledging that I think often for women as well it it can be more difficult they can be more fearful of criticism and so I think I feel like I do I do understand who it is I'm talking to but it, it goes beyond the kind of avatar if you see what I mean it's more about the feelings the emotions that they they share I think yeah that's a really it is quite a deep way to think about it but it it does make more sense than actually thinking about it like you say you know women in in business it is about that feeling and that would really appeal I mean I'm kind of your demographic I'm in my late 30s and I started um, my own business and those kind of um, fears came up for me as well. So listening to something that speaks to that would really resonate with me. And that's that's exactly what you want to get out of your podcast, your content. Yeah, and I do think, I mean, it's hard as well because you don't always know. Well, often you don't know that until you just are brave enough to put some content out in the world. And, and then you start to say, oh, I see... I'm really resonant that episode I did on this or this piece of content really resonated and unfortunately I think a lot of people want to write that bit before they've created any content and I think unfortunately you just have to get out there put some stuff out there and see what lands and that's when you start to really understand who who that audience is and you get better and better at, at creating the kind of content they want. Yeah how would you say that your your podcasts have evolved has it taken you so you started, say, back in 2016. Have you? Did you find it was quite a long process to get to where you are now in terms of recognising what your audience needs from you? I think I was always sort of quite good at that because of my background as a content creator, as, as a journalist, and it's a different type of a different type of discipline. But it's still about giving people what they want or need, and so. I do always say to people, be kind to yourself because I do recognise I've got a bit of an advantage or a privilege in that area because I was already doing that, but in a different sort of way. Uh, I've definitely got a lot better. So my first few episodes, <laughs> I worried so much about my voice and I worried, I sound like, hello, isn't it? My, my podcast started, it's been had about four different name changes and it was like the Soulful PR podcast. And it was like, hello, welcome to the Soulful PR podcast. And I think what I've learned <laughs> is that it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to, in fact, it's better with podcasting. And I used to worry about, I have this sort of, I was born, I was born up north, so I was born in Liverpool and I moved to Kent in my, uh, when I was about six or seven. So you moved to like, the South with a, a Scouse accent when you're six or seven. And I went to a school who had that elocution lesson. So I had this very sort of confused thing. And sometimes I, I feel like um, I have the odd word where I'll say, where I'll just say something a bit Northern sounding. So all my family are Scousers. And then I hear this like sort of like local accent, you know, how critical we are of each other's, of, of our own voices, not each other's. And I think at first I kind of was afraid to, just speaking my normal voice and when I listen back to those first episodes I think oh God. And, and also it just didn't sound like I had much personality <laughs> and actually I think that 
the more that you do it and the more relaxed you are often the content's a lot better and people do need to hear you laugh and they do need to sometimes hear you go off with your little stories sometimes or whatever but again if only we could all be perfect the first few episodes the only way we get there is 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 to be um is just to do it and when I relaunched my podcast that was last year so that was 2021 I wanted to make my podcast episodes a lot shorter because I felt like even though I had an editor I felt like I you'd get somebody on a call and you'd spend the first 15 20 minutes sort of trying to get to know them and I know as a listener sometimes I feel a bit frustrated because I just I just want to get to the juicy bit I want to get to the meat and I felt sometimes it took me a long time actually to get to the point of asking a question and so I actually had some coaching about six or seven years in to kind of improve my interviewing skills because I found sometimes I'd listen back and it would take me (laughs) take me about four goes to get to where I wanted to go and sometimes that's great but but sometimes it, it can be a bit frustrating for the listener but again you can't know that unless you actually create some content and you listen to yourself back and you my content was fine what I was putting out but it was almost like I got to the point where I thought well, actually I've been doing this for a while I wonder if I can do it better so um I've gone off on track anyway what you asked in the first place but but it's def- I've definitely changed and, I've, and I think I feel like I didn't see myself as a podcaster I'm actually going to podcast movement I'm going to a podcasting event in Dallas at the end oh, of the month. I really would love to go to one of the podcasting events over there. <laughs> I, went, I went to one in London. It was the first one I'd ever been to. And I speak as well, but I, I just never thought of going. I didn't, I just didn't really see myself as a podcaster, but I am. Yeah, I I guess I hadn't when I first came across to you, I didn't realise quite how much podcasting that you done. I came across you on Instagram for your content, um, your content creation. I think I downloaded something from you. I think it was um last year. Um, but yeah, the podcast was that the one in London in May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I I really wanted to go to that. And my husband was away, so I couldn't uh, wangle that trip to London. But that looked I looked at some of the um, because I'm part of Captivate as well. They kept, they sent out some um, emails and updates and things from what happened at the show, and it was just really interesting to see um, what was going on there. If you're a you're a podcaster, but I think the thing is that I guess the reason I've never got into that world is because I I used to be quite um, I had this like little microphone, a blue snowball microphone, <laughs> and, I, and I only upgraded after about three or four years. And actually, my husband bought me a new microphone, and I kept it in the box for the year because for I liked I liked this other one. And then I thought I probably ought to, you know, maybe get a slightly better, better microphone. But I didn't see myself as a podcaster because I, this is just a medium; it's just a way of me communicating. And what I'm getting to here is that there can be this idea that podcasting is all people. I've met so many people who have never published a podcast or have maybe published two episodes and they're talking down to you about podcast mics or mixers or or equipment and there you're there well I how many well I've published 500 podcast episodes (laughs) and um and you're telling me what I should be doing better and and I think sometimes it can feel like that's the world and it isn't there are I found they're really nice people but I didn't really identify as being a podcaster because for me it was just like plugging my microphone I I didn't realise what I knew as well about how to, because it isn't just about the tech. Obviously, it's it's important to have good uh, quality audio, and it's but but it doesn't have to be like um, broadcast standards to to be useful. You don't need loads of kit. You don't need to spend loads and loads of money. The bits that can really make the difference are 
like how you actually plan your episodes and the content and how you promote them and but I think sometimes podcasting can seem like it's all techie and 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 I was glad that I stepped into that world because I thought I actually know quite a lot, from, a lot about this and and actually the, the important bits because it isn't all about the tech and the mixers and the mics you know it's got its place but there's so much more to it. Yeah I, I when I first started I that's the one bit that I was kind of a bit worried about Um my husband's a sound engineer as well and he was so helpful with me um mm. helping me get set up and not even with like really expensive stuff really but just things that can work at home and I had this kind of image in my head about broadcasting and and that of oh, its BBC standard and and felt like that was a bit of a barrier until I started and then started delving into like the podcast world and listening to lots of different people's podcasts and knowing that actually that is a very small part yes you want to have nice clear audio yes you want to record it on something and that's um, going to work for you but like you say your podcast if your podcast is perfectly sounded but it's not resonating with your audience or the content's not there what is the point of your podcast so in actual fact if that's going to be a barrier to you starting you're better off just having your airpods recording into your phone or to anchor or something like that and worry about your content and then you can evolve once you are comfortable with everything that you're doing really so that's kind of what I try and say recommend people who've said to me you know I was like don't let that stop you from starting if you've got a great idea that you're yeah your message you want to give out to your audience yeah and it's so so easy especially uh, I use Captivate now but I didn't when we first started I well my old podcast is still on Libsyn and I had to, and I, but I always say to people, I did it, and I wouldn't say I was a particularly tech techy person, but I had to. Libsyn is not quite so smooth in the back end <laughs> as Captivate, and um, and the, it, like Captivate just makes everything so easy. It's step by step. You you don't need to be techy at all to, to to get your podcast on iTunes or whatever. But um, I had to kind of do this work not work around, but I had to use two tools on my website. Um, I used Blueberry and Libsyn and but I got a friend who had a podcast to show me how to do it we got on a zoom call she showed me how to do it I wouldn't say I was that techie at all and I managed it no no problem at all and I think sometimes people they get I, I always say to my clients if they're if they're launching I sometimes work with clients who are launching a podcast to, with their launch strategy and I say stop even thinking about that bit because that's the easy bit like the hard bit is coming up with a you know a, a concept or a topic for a podcast that people actually want to listen to planning out your first season or whatever it is that you're doing and making those episodes you know really great content the the tech bit is all figure outable it it's not anywhere near as tricky as it seems like just folk and like you say if it could be the best produced podcast in the world but if the podcast if the content isn't good if it's not a good fit for your audience yeah it's it's not it's not gonna you know no, it, yeah not gonna resonate no um so what would you recommend um in terms of planning have you got any tips or advice around the planning side of things um, for your podcast? Like, for example, I, I kind of recommend people like saying that podcasting is a bit of a, a long game and trying to work out their commitment and work out exactly um, what they can commit to and then planning out their episodes 
Yeah, so, so the best bit of advice I've been given, which I give to clients all the time, which I didn't take myself, but it's because I have it, my personality is different. I think you have to take into account your your capacity, your resources. If you've got young children, or you've got other commitments, or you've still got a day job, you you could set out to do five podcasts a week or something. And and you know most podcasts, when you look at the research, they don't go beyond the first or second episode, and because they sort of sign up to it thinking I've got to do this forever so the best piece of advice I've been given which although I didn't take my clients have taken and have been very glad of it is is just to start off with the season so instead of thinking I'm going to launch a podcast and I'm going to do this forever and ever and ever just go okay I'm going to launch a podcast and I'm going to do six or eight episodes on a topic that I feel comfortable either talking about or can find other people to to talk about and I'm just going to do that and then if that goes well or you know I can take a step back and then I can come back with another season and I think where people get themselves in a tears I think sometimes is when they're like right I'm starting a podcast and now I've got to do it every week forever or I've got to do it every other week whereas if you just say well look I'm just going to do a, a short series of six to eight episodes or whatever see how this goes get them done get them out there you can come back with another season you can then go to a podcast that happens all year round after that but I feel like sometimes people get so bogged down in what's going to be happening in 30, 30 episodes that they don't, <laughs> they never make the first four to six. And I think that's a, a good piece of advice that, that I've, I've been given. And I say, I haven't taken it personally because I've got the kind of personality that's just like, oh, I'm just doing it. And I just managed to do it. But I've seen it work with clients. I think it's it really takes the pressure off. And the second thing is, is this thing about being strategic. So, and I've got better and better at this over the years, but if you're going to go to the trouble of recording a podcast series, hopefully a season, and and, and um, it would be a good way to start. What is it? What's your goal? Like, what do you want to sell at the end? So, I'm just about to launch a podcast, which is a repurposed, it's a private podcast, and repurposing as a public podcast. And its goal is to sell one product that I know sells really well when I put it out by email on social media but this will be a way of having people buying this product all the time so it's on a very very specific topic so what's your goal is your goal to to get x number of new clients or is it to, to sell a particular program or is it um because then you can do things like right from the off you can do things like you can create create a special offer or a discount code or something so that you know that the listeners of your podcast, you know what they're doing. So it could be a special email lead magnet or a special, but if you just kind of, it's easy for me to say this for so many years of experience, but like it costs time and it can cost a little bit of money. And I would recommend getting somebody to help with editing and show notes if, if you can do from the off, because it, it will save you a lot of time if you can just focus on the content, if, that, if that's possible, it's not always possible, but there is quite a bit of time and resources involved. And being able to measure whether you know you're not going to get overnight success but if it's if it's working you will see some glimmers you know you'll see oh you know uh, I, I got one inquiry and and it, you know you might not be a millionaire overnight but but it's just sort of thinking what's my purpose of this and in, instead of trying to sell everything or you know just think about well I'm going to focus this season on one product or one service or getting this many clients I've got a friend who's got a, a podcast which has a tiny tiny audience in comparison to mine but it makes like loads more money because it's very specific it's both for a niche audience and in every episode she talks about her main product that she sells 
it doesn't matter if you've got 10 listeners if those 10 listeners are doing what what you want them to do or you who cares like so that's probably quite a few things in, in one I, I could probably go on for ages but <laughs> but there are a few things that come to mind I never thought about doing a, like a specific season and then targeting to that specific product um but that's a great idea that is a um like you said a an easier way to see the kind of response that you're getting if you have that special code created for that specific series that I mean that's one thing I was going to ask you about as well about kind of engagement that you have with your audience and that knowing because I find it quite hard to I mean I'm very early in my podcasting journey and I one of the reasons why I joined Captivate is because they're a growth um podcast platform and I'd like to learn from them myself about growing my podcast how have you found growing um has it kind of happened organically and then do you get a lot of engagement from your listeners that will know that you're to help you on the right track yeah I mean I think there's a there's a people often think they'll say oh what's the what's the blueprint for you know growing your podcast Mm. audience and you know there's there's I wish there was like one way but things that how you launch a podcast can make a huge difference so I'm working with a client at the moment who's launching a podcast in October and one of the things that we're doing is to is trying to basically create almost like a flash mob so that she's got a wait list of people who know the podcast is coming they are excited it's coming and you know you can you can do this even if you have a tiny tiny audience you know if you've got three people who are excited about it that's better than like just showing up one day and going hey listen to my podcast so so it's about kind of letting people know that it's coming um so things like if I was launching a new podcast and I did do this you know here are my cover designs like which one do you like the best or I'm thinking about calling it this like you know um I'm thinking about doing my first season on this and, and, you know, getting, even if it's a small amount of people who are following you on your email list or Facebook group, even if you have to ask all your friends or whatever, just letting people know it's coming before it happens, because I don't think any of us know the exact formula, but um, they, you know, it's kind of um, received wisdom, but the more people you can get listening when it goes live and the more reviews that you can get, the more more engagement basically the algorithm sees, then iTunes or whatever is going to think, oh, what's going on here? And it's going to, it, it's it's going to, um, it's more likely to get put in the, what do you call it on iTunes? The, oh, the charts. Oh, and it's, it is, it also, it's, it's going to impact on your charts, but also um, what do they call it? Like new and noteworthy or, you know, it, oh, yeah. it certain things. So, so just sit, not just kind of quietly, oh, I've not tried a podcast, but, you know, if you've got an email list, if you've got 10 people on it, like tell those 10 people about it, tell them it's coming, give them a bit of an incentive um, if you can do. But but basically, I always just try to get people listening on the first day, get them to go off and leave me a review. One little thing that I've learned about that is if you want people to leave you a review, you need to show them how to do it because they may not do it because they don't know how to do it. So do them a little video if you can. Um, and these are all things I've learned along the way. But so that's the first thing is actually launching it, you know, actually telling people about it, not just rocking up and, and, and telling people. And then it's about, I think people sometimes get despondent with podcasts because they think they can launch a podcast and then, Yes, there is. I mentioned at the beginning, yes, there is a kind of search element to it that the people will be on the app looking for certain topics. So having 
really thinking about your subject headers is really important as well. Sometimes people use really um, like mysterious sounding headers, but like actually, if you want people to find you because you're a virtual assistant that specialises in working with bookkeepers, it really pays to use bookkeepers or zeros or you know zero or like things that people are problems people are going to be looking for. Um, so there's that kind of thing, but also social media. You know, just a lot of people think, oh, I've already I've posted about my new episode. Like, we'll post five more times, six more times, talk about it in different ways. Um, because not everybody will see everything you post. If you've got an email list, even if it's got 15 people on it, email them. You just have to really keep getting on other people's podcasts. That's a whole other being a podcast guest. Um, so actually reaching out to, to people. Um, I'm actually working on a kit at the moment, which I'm going to launch later in the year, a, a podcast content kit, which will have uh, templates for things like show notes and social media posts, but also how to reach out to another podcast host and how to offer yourself as a guest. Um, I don't know, Rachel, whether you ever get people pitching to be on your podcast, but most of them are terrible and they've not listened to the podcast. They haven't even bothered to like scroll through. So you can stand out just by the way that you pitch yourself. And I know a lot of the podcasts I listen to are because I've been listening to somebody else's podcast and they've had a guest on oh that's interesting and then I find out they've got a podcast so that can be so there's lots and lots of different things that you can do but it's it's a long game like you said Rachel you know you're not going to probably you know be able to retire on the millions I'll get people when I've helped people launch podcasts before and they're like right when can I get a sponsor I was like well you have to be able to offer something to a sponsor first like you need to have an audience and some listeners and it's not even about numbers it's just about you need to have the right people listening and all that kind of stuff. So it, and you can never, you can never just leave it. You know, you, I, I check in on my analytics every week, like sometimes more frequently. What can we do better? How can we do differently? Do we need to do more posts? You know, it's quite hard sometimes when you're doing social media posts about podcasts because you're like, Hey, listen to this. It's on this. And then people don't interact in the same way as they might do with other content. So it's thinking about, how can I think of different ways to do this? So I realise that that doesn't sound simple. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think yeah. as well, it's not always that simple. Like when you do, you like social media, even if it's not for your podcast, there are, you want to post in different ways. And that was one thing I was going to ask you about what, what things you do to promote your podcast. So do you, so do you find that when you post do you have posts like audiograms or do you do video clips on your social media for your podcast or do you, cause I try and sometimes take elements from an episode and try and make it into a different type of post. That's maybe not necessarily saying, listen to this in the beginning. Cause you're right. Sometimes it's, it's quite difficult to know how to mm. promote it without it seeming like the same post over again and yeah. again. Yeah. So audiograms, and if you're not familiar with what they are, you've probably seen them on social media. It's when people take a little clip. Oh, yeah, sorry, of, the audio um, clips, yeah. Um, they, um, they take a little clip from the podcast. I'm saying you as in the listener, not you, Rachel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but they, um, that's because I've been podcasting for so many years, I know how to go. Oh, and if you don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, so they kind of <laughs> that's very good, you're right. Learn as you go. <laughs> um, and, um, but there's the, yeah, the little video clips um, where you have... Um, it might be a really juicy quote from an episode. It's usually something to pull you in. I've got a real love-hate relationship with them because I have done them in the past and I use them. My favourite tool is Capwing for, for that. And it's really great for, for creating. There's lots of different things. That's just my favourite one. 
But I find they don't actually work that well. <laughs> Something that works better is me just switching the camera on and saying, hey, I've just done this podcast, it's about this. But I find, and this can be the case with lots of content, is that people zone out zone out after a while. So they've seen so many of them that they just kind of switch off. And I found that there's two things. So one of them is, and I wouldn't say I've cracked it because you think you've cracked it and then you're like, uh, it's not working anymore, we need to do something else. But um, thinking about it more personally, so sometimes I might, a topic of a podcast episode, I might find a, a, a photograph or something personal or a personal story or something and then talk about that and then go, and by the way, I just made a podcast on this and that type of thing tends, tends to work better. The other thing is just the quality of the topic. So every so often I'll do a podcast episode which really spikes my listening listening and usually it's something controversial or it might just be a topic that maybe that not many people are creating content on or something but really thinking about the content and just really thinking like what's a what's a topic that nobody else has covered in quite the same way or maybe they've not really tackled this angle or something but I find that just the kind of bog standard, it's annoying, but the bog standard, oh, I've just published this podcast, all the audiograms. Personally, I don't find they work that well. And talking to other podcasters, I think they would say the same. But, you know, switching your camera on and just talking to people about what's in your podcast episode can be better. But as with all of these things, I'm sure there's people whose audiograms work brilliantly for them. And ultimately it comes back to you testing out what works for you best and just doing more of what works I wish I could say this works for everyone but yeah there is a bit of testing involved in different posts and see what works well with your audience and then it may differ from platform to platform like Instagram compared to LinkedIn different things work on on different audiences I do like putting some things in my stories that that get quite a good response I find that my stories do more than my posts have more interactions there um they don't do LinkedIn stories anymore I don't think but I do have Sometimes my audiograms are okay. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> Maybe it just depends on um, yeah. on who's on and, like you say, the subject. But I think that keeping consistent with it, whatever it is that you're doing, trying yeah. new things, keeping it consistent. As long as you're you're showing up and you're you're trying, I think yeah. that we you do can like work a, those things out. Yeah, we do like a base level of like we do we do you know the bog standard posts. We do them anyway, mm-hmm. always. Even if you're like. I wish I could get more and then we try and on top of that we try and do things yeah engaging but also things like um I did a um behind the scenes stuff so I was recording some podcasts I was staying in a hotel and I needed to record some podcast stuff and I'd forgotten a bit of my mic stand so I had to use a toilet roll to to, (laughs) as my mic stand and I shared that photo and sort of reminding people that you're a podcaster and you know maybe showing them you know what what you're doing and what you're working on if you edit your own podcast maybe even showing you editing some of it or um I sometimes do if I've got guests coming on um you know just taking a picture of the two of you or, or doing a little bit of video and talking about who's coming on and I think what you're what you're saying about stories I think the reason it works is because it's more personal and that's probably mm-hmm. why my toilet roll <laughs> yeah <laughs> personal it's more real isn't it and I think yeah often we can just get stuck into doing those kind of almost like automated posts where we're actually trying to think about how we can be a bit more creative about it um, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do find that sometimes myself and you, I'm trying to 
batch my content and batch my podcast so that I don't get behind so that I, you know, those types of things. And and you can get a little bit caught up with it being too mechanical and you want to make sure that you keep it fresh and creative and maybe just do some things off the hoof. Yeah. If you can batch the sort of standard stuff, then you Mm -hmm. can, when you've got a little bit of time, you can try and do just off off the cuff stuff, I think. Yeah. 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 Wow, I've learned so much from you today, Janet. Thank you so much for coming on. I wanted to just ask, well, you've offered lots of advice throughout the podcast. Um, is there any top, your top piece of advice that you would give out to somebody perhaps starting or who is maybe, you know, a bit through their podcast and looking for a refresher or they're starting to fade out with their podcast? So... So you're asking about people who already have a podcast rather than beginners or a, a bit yeah, so someone, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Say someone who's already got a podcast maybe and they're maybe losing interest or want a bit of a, because you've got that experience with having yeah. many changes with your podcast. Yeah, so don't, don't be afraid <laughs> to change it. Um, yeah, I just completely stopped mine because I, I made a podcast on it, of course. But I, um, <laughs> I, I just, I got to the point where it wasn't what I wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't enjoying it anymore, but I felt like, I, I was always really excited to interview people and I was really excited to put episodes out. But I got to the point where it felt like it was starting to feel like a, a little bit of a chore, not too much, but a little bit. So in my case, it's quite extreme, which is like I stopped it and started a new one, which not every, but, but changing up the format. So I did, I wish I could do more of it because I love doing it, but I did like some interviews with content creators and they, t- they just took me so long to edit them. They were so proud of them, but <laughs> it took me so long to edit. And I did a lot of the editing myself um, because I wanted to get the content right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I actually switched to doing four short episodes a week, which sounds like a nightmare because I have this content planner that has, you know, and, and the kind of um, methodology behind it is four stars of content four days a week. So basically I was publishing, say, the equivalent of four social media posts as podcast episodes. Now that might sound really, really scary, but actually if they're all five minutes long and you've got a bit of a plan going. So, and that just, it just switches it up. It just gives, you know, gives your listeners something and gives you actually something new to, to, to get stuck into. And if you're the kind of person like I did, I actually hired a podcast coach to help, to help me after about six years, actually having somebody have a listen to help you with your interview style sometimes and, because I, although I was a journalist, I thought I was going to be pretty good at it because I thought, oh, I'm used to asking people questions, I'll be great. But actually, when you were, I was a print journalist, so you, part of what you do as a print journalist is you take your time and you can warm people up a little bit. And then when you come in with your killer question, you, you, um, you, you, you had some time to warm people up, whereas on broadcast, you have to get in, get in there quick. So I had a little bit of help just, just to kind of, help me to kind of make my questions shorter to, to to get in there I listen a lot to when I'm listening to podcasts I listen to how other people are asking questions and I listen to oh that was really good the way that they did that or oh, how did they get that, that, that how did they get that person to say that that was so good so I think depending on what really interests you like I am really interested in interview I'm inter- interested in that side of it um but it might be about the format or it might be that you could you could have you know if you just do a straight interview and it's always the same every time maybe you could have some short solo episodes instead or maybe you could switch it up so you have two minutes on this and five minutes on that so I I just think it's if you're starting to feel a bit stale with it 
um but also the topics as well like I like doing I like doing things on more controversial topics and and that's probably not for a beginner like I think once you feel confident in your own voice you could maybe tackle a few things which are a little bit more divisive I uh, personally I love doing those episodes because that really does help like I did one on and why I don't take part in big affiliate programs. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I've listened to that one. <laughs> and I did, I did, I actually did an audiogram for that one. It did really well. <laughs> um, but for those people who, who who don't know, it's it's a bit of a divisive topic in the online space. Um, and for me, they're a bit like MLMs. Like, so if you, you know, and it really heartfelt, I would never advise you saying anything that you don't you don't agree with. But those sort of episodes where you're challenging something or you're really potentially dividing people they can be really really good for your listenership but also people get to know you as, as well and, and and also I think sometimes bring a bit more of yourself into it as well because I think sometimes we can get so focused on having said you need to be strategic and like <laughs> out, but actually sometimes even I hear I think to myself god you know there's none of me in that I listen back to my own, and listen back to your episodes like the number of podcasters I know who don't listen to their podcast episodes I, I sometimes listen to my mic about three or four times which probably makes me sound like egotistical but I actually listen critically so that I can think oh do you know what I sound really boring there or my tone of voice sounds boring so I say I'm not interested in podcasting but clearly I am <laughs> yeah. But yeah you know just I think in seeing where you could improve I think can help a lot yeah that's I I, I edit my own uh, podcast episodes and I do listen back um, sometimes halfway through recording if I've thought oh I'm not sure whether that's going the right way and want to listen to my tone of voice and to start with I did feel like oh I'm putting on a voice here at this point <laughs> I don't want to put on a voice here Um I think it can be really interesting especially as well when you're starting out as, as valuable as it is if you're you know more established if you may have just found yourself getting into a bit of a rut with with certain things I really like what you said about getting a podcast coach and looking at interview techniques because I I do struggle with interviews I find I worry that am I going to ask all the questions have I gone too much off on a tangent um I do get a bit nervous before I do interviews and things like that so I think that if that is something that you struggle with that's it's worth looking at that different techniques uh, funny enough I was listening to a Captivate podcast episode about being a guest um mm. and they were sharing some tips and advice about how you can if you get nervous about being a guest on someone else's podcast it was really interesting yeah so. yeah and, and I think um if you are listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast but you're nervous one way to get used to your own voice is to be a guest on other people's podcasts and all you need to do is have expertise you don't need to have your own podcast you don't need a special microphone or anything like that you know being in a quiet room and wearing headphones most people are happy with that if you've got good you know good content to share but that can help you because somebody else is guiding you 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 know you the more you do you'll get you, you'll get more experience so that can help as well if you're nervous about starting it but but yeah I think that it's a mistake to kind of start a podcast and think oh I know it all and you know I've been podcasting for years and I still sometimes listen back and think oh for god's sake I'm doing that again like you know uh, or we uh, and also not to worry about the things that we worry about I think are not the important things like I start a lot of sentences with so or exactly I do that as well (laughs) but actually they're not the things that yeah yeah it can be really jarring if you're doing it every sentence but often the bits that could really help us are more about you know 
getting to the question faster or not missing i i my favorite one of my favorite podcast hosts is um michael oh god what's his name the social media marketing world guy the social media marketing podcast i forget his name but i'll find it and link it in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) he always loves michael stelsner he always asks the question that i want to i think oh but what about that and then he asks the question and sometimes when i'm listening to myself back i think oh i didn't i didn't ask the question that everybody wanted to ask be thinking yeah yeah and i know this can seem a lot when you're first starting but I think these are things, good practice that you can put in place from your very first podcast season. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is important. And then, or thinking about, still thinking about future things for yourself if you are starting out and you think, well, I'd, I'd love to be here, but I know that I'm here right now. Mm. What can I do to help evolve myself over X amount of time to get to the place I want to be? And yeah. like we've said about barriers, that the perfectionism thing, like, if I'd have been too perfectionist about my podcast, I don't think I would have started one about, you know, talking to different people and my voice and all those kind of things that you have. But you have to start somewhere. And once you've started, you can only get better from there and out. Exactly. And just remember, everybody hates their voice. Everybody is critical. (laughs) Everybody listens back and thinks, oh, why did I say that? Or that was a stupid question. Or I should have asked that question. And all we can do is, is just try and get better and you will like if you keep showing up and doing it you will get better yeah oh thank you so much and I I can suspect we could talk for hours on podcasting <laughs> I've got so many other questions for you but I'll I'll finish it there but thank you so much for coming on it's been really great and you've had some really great advice and insights to offer for my guests and I hope everyone enjoys this episode would you like to just quickly let us know where we can find you yeah, so the best place to find me is my website, which is janetmurray.co.uk. And if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm everywhere because content's my thing, but Instagram is the best place and I'm at janmurrayuk. Brilliant. I will link all those in the show notes so everyone can find you super easily. So thanks again, Janet. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Your support means so much to me. If there's a question or topic you'd like covering, then I'd love to hear from you. Find the podcast on Instagram at Rachie Botfield and drop me a DM. Till next time. Bye.